not a great introduction. Free at last, free at last. Who doesn't want to be free? So welcome to the road home. And uh, we hope that you enjoy these series of podcasts as our intent is to bring you to a closer relationship with God, specifically Jesus, through Scripture and through my own experiences, my professional experiences, and my love of Scripture, which has helped me live free from the bondage of self for some time now. So I won't really get into right now um, how I came to Christ. I'll leave that for a later podcast. But it's just suffice to say that there was a uh, big struggle for me to, to actually come to terms with there was a God who loved me. And uh, once I discovered that there was a God to love me and there was purpose in my life, it totally changed my perception. And that is one of the things from the, uh, the road home. There's actually a book that accompanies this uh, series of podcasts called The Road Home. And I'll give you more information about that later. But basically, I just want to cover today this one reason why it's so important. And as plagued man since the beginning of time. And Paul eloquently puts it like this in Romans 7.15. I really don't understand why I do the things that I don't want to do and why I don't do the things that I want to do. And this has been the struggle for man for millennia. It was broken down to, in modern terms, by the father of psychology who was, you know, one of the contemporaries, which was Carl Jung in which he stated, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will run our lives and we will call it fate. So many of you out there have beliefs. Maybe you grew up in a home where there were um, people who went to church and who didn't live out or you couldn't understand and comprehend how these people could do the things. You observed them and you thought maybe that all the people that went to church were hypocrites. Well, let me tell you this, okay? Going to church on a Sunday morning no more makes you a Christian than standing in your garage makes you a car. Okay? So the whole thing about the road home is to grow into a relationship. Now, people ask me, am I religious? To which I answer, no, because I don't consider myself religious. I'm in a relationship with God and Jesus Christ. And um, it makes sense to me 
that if I'm in a relationship with someone or something, then the more that I know about them, the deeper my love will become for that person or thing. And so I went and delved into scripture after I got saved and um, found that there actually was a God who loved me. Now, many people in America believe that there is a God. In fact, 90% of America believes there is a God. But having a belief in God and having faith are two totally different things. Because if 90% of America believed there was a God, then why would we consume 90% of all the world's pharmaceuticals? Mostly for depression and anxiety and all the ails that go with us in our modern society. Jesus says in scripture, be anxious for nothing. And once we can get to a point where we are in a relationship with Jesus, that we can know that everything is under control. Is that easy? No. It calls for surrender. And very few of us of our own volition will want to surrender. So... I like to use the term humility. And humility to me, before I became a Christian, was a very hard pill to swallow. Because I thought that I was the center of the universe, basically. And nothing was going to tell me what to do. And um, when I became humble, I became teachable. And that is where I would like you to be today, is some humility, which basically means that you will become teachable. And this is a slow process. You know, because I, you know, I kind of spat in the face of God, even though I didn't have any religious upbringing as a kid. In, I grew up in Wales, in Great Britain, And there was no separation of church and state there. So we were taught, we had what they called religious instruction. And so, you know, once a week we would go to what we called R.I. for short. And, you know, would look at the scriptures. And I always thought that they were great stories. You know, and they are. And they, I was taught good morals as a kid. But, um, you know, I never really wanted to turn my life over to God. Because, to be honest with you, I thought that to be a Christian meant that you would become boring and you were short, fat and ugly. Which I have found out is not true. You know, Um, I heard my pastor, sister's pastor, say one time, if you meet a boring Christian... He was probably boring before he became a Christian. So, anyway, you know, I'll, my mother died when I was a month old. And I always thought that I had something to do with the death of this angel because that's the way she was portrayed in our home. 
And um, at the age of 17, probably when I needed a mentor the most, because I was raised by my grandparents, I didn't meet my father till I was 34 years of age. There was a lot of enmity between my grandmother and my father, and so I never got to meet him. But as a kid, I was always told that I would be just like him, or I am just like him. You're no good, you're never going to be any good, you know. And those were beliefs that I grew up with, that I wasn't good enough. And I tried my hardest to become good enough, but it never truly worked. It never gave me that peace that transcends all understanding. And so after my grandfather died when I was 17, years later, when I was 22, I went to America and settled in California, where I met a girl on the beach playing volleyball. And uh, we got into a relationship. And um, nine months later, we got married. And we had a beautiful son, And then nine years into that marriage, she got sick on a Monday and she died the following Sunday. Now, I always thought that I was God's whipping boy. Why would all this bad stuff keep happening to me? Was God some sort of cosmic sadist that he wanted to inflict me with all this pain? And what have I done to deserve it? And I would have these long conversations. You know, my, as I like to say, you know, I'm Welsh and I'm a rugby player. And um, the two go together. There was quite an amount of drinking in my youth and in my teen years. And um, even into later life. But that became my friend because that covered up the pain that I felt. It covered up the insecurities I felt of having to be perfect, to try and prove myself, of which, as I've stated before, I fell short every time. And so, I uh, resorted to indulging um, in the consumption of alcohol to large, large amounts because my pain that I was in and I couldn't quite understand. And after I'd put my son to bed, I would sit there for hours in my living room with a couple of bottles of wine. And I would have these weird conversations with God. Now, I like to say that talking to something that you don't believe exists and asking it for answers It's kind of a form of insanity, don't you think? But I, you know, I would just say, you know what? I don't want a burning bush. I don't want a, you know, a flash of light. I I just want you to move something in this room so I can see. I can see that, you know, I know and it'll be a tangible sign that you are there. Of course, it never happened. And as my slow descent into hell of four years took me, my friends realized that I was drinking a little bit too much. 
and I went off to, uh, to rehab. Now, four years later, I'm sorry, four rehabs later in nine months, because I really wanted to stop. I had a lot to lose. I had a 12-year-old son, um, you know, and I, I just wanted to stop, but I couldn't. And then one day, I had this traumatic experience. I had been given a Bible, um, a, a daily devotional Bible, and um, it went through the Bible in a year. And the very next day, as I recall, was December 14th that I heard somebody say that faith without works is dead. I picked up this Bible on December 15th of 2000 was the first day of the book of James, which states faith without works is dead, was the, was the banner on the top in bold print. And then I read down to verse 12 where it says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for when he has stood the test, he shall receive the crown of life that God has promised to him. And I suddenly had this change of perception. It was like, okay, all these bad things that I presume are bad things that have happened to be, may be for a purpose that I don't truly understand. And it was that surrender, that faith. And for those of you who know scripture, it was kind of like Paul's experience where the scales fell away from his eyes and scripture illuminated itself to me. And um, I'm very happy to say I have not had a drink since that day. And it's been going on 18 years in December of this year. And I know God is willing for me to stay sober, so I'm willing to stay sober. And that's, that's my purpose. Now, my purpose, as I've discovered, is to help people by planting the seeds of hope. That is our tagline on Sower Life Coach, which if you looked, if you went on the podcast, you will see. Planting seeds, seeds of hope. Because only God can intervene with you through the power of the Spirit to bring you to Him. I can plant some seeds and many people along the way, too numerous to mention, before I got saved, were praying or planting seeds. And as I look back over my life, I began to see you know, all of the incidences of this. And it all culminated in that one moment on December 15th at 6.30 a.m. I became a believer in the power of Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit and of God. Now, as I said, I have made it my mission to go out and help and plant as many seeds as I can of hope 
So matter how far down you have gone and you think that there's no end in sight and you are maybe suffering from depression, maybe you thought it's about suicide, or maybe you're just unhappy in your life and you don't understand why. So just think, what is it that is making me so unhappy? Because I got to tell you, when you hit rock bottom, sometimes you find that God is the rock at the bottom. And many of us will go through our lives being unhappy and miserable because we are truly not ready to surrender to do something about it. And as our quote from Paul states, we don't know why we do the things that we don't want to do, but we, do, we don't do the things that we should do. You know? And this is such a broad spectrum to cover Maybe you feel that you're not pretty and, you know, and chocolate or ice cream makes you feel good. And then after you've ate the chocolate and the ice cream, you feel guilty and you feel bad about yourself. There's all sorts of different ails that cause us to be separated from the Spirit because you are created in God's image. You were born for a reason. And I hope that together we can plant some seeds of hope in you that you can dig deeper into your relationship with what I like to call the lover of my soul. He loved me. He loves me so much. Now, we're all familiar I'm sure, and if you're not, with um, the verse John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that he may come into the world to save. He came to save the lost, right? That's just a general interpretation. But on John 3.19, it says something like, Men would not come into the light because they loved the darkness. They were afraid of the light. And that is the case with so many people. I see so many people, especially in churches, going. And they go on a Sunday morning and they've got all sorts of ails but they're afraid to talk to somebody because they shouldn't feel like this. They have this guilt and shame because supposedly they are a believer and this shouldn't be happening to them. And that is the biggest load of baloney I've ever heard in my life, right? Because that's what the church should be. The church is not a sanctuary for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. It's for people to get well through the knowledge of the Gospels which should be preached and talked about God's love for you and God's intent in your life. So that is our goal. 
And that's just a brief synopsis of my life and what brought me to Christ and how I hope that through this, these podcasts, I should say, that you will come to a deeper, more fulfilling understanding of God and who he is and why you are here and what is your purpose. So, with that, I will say adieu. And um, if you want to contact me, you can contact me directly at david at soalifecoach.com or you can go to our website, soalifecoach.com and you can subscribe to our website and you can maybe, if you feel inclined, download the book. And we will be working through this book. And once again, I just want to reiterate, these podcasts are taken from my own experience, my own relationship with Jesus, my professional um, career as a substance abuse counsellor, and the knowledge of neuroplasticity, which works on changing our beliefs. And we will get into that in our next podcast. So please, if you enjoyed this message, tell a friend, share with somebody, and let's create a community that is dedicated to sowing the seeds of hope in this dark world. Because I leave you with this. One of my favorite, favorite movies of all time is called Usual Suspects. And if any of you have seen it, then you'll know that there's a great line in that movie where it says, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was getting to believe, getting to make people believe that he didn't exist. So, on that note, I'll leave you with that thought. Don't listen to those voices in your head that tell you that God doesn't love you for whatever you've done, whatever guilt and shame you're carrying around with you. Set yourself free. Be free at last. Free at last. Just like our intro says. So, until we meet again, God bless you and keep you.